Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Vavil podcast. Joined today by Jack and we're going to discuss uh, all things Arsenal, uh, the review of Crystal Palace, underwhelming game to say the least. Uh, preview to the Newcastle game and also we're going to talk about the main man, uh, man of the moment, Meza Ozil and what's going on with him and his move to Fenerbahce it's looking. But let's let's get straight into it. Jack, Crystal Palace, what happened? To be fair, I don't even know what happened. I mean, well, no, it's, it's clear that what was, uh, what did happen, we we missed the main man, you know, our man in form, we missed Kieran Tierney, that's what, that's what we missed, I think. Um, and the fact that Palace just sat back, defended, you know, played for the draw the whole game pretty much. We just we just couldn't break them down. It, it, it was a difficult. It was a we couldn't break down a, a stubborn. Uh, you know, Palace always play the same way. They're stubborn. They'll sit back. They'll you know they'll challenge every ball. You know, we've seen. You know, Eze was fantastic. He was everywhere. Wilfred Zaha again being a pest around the box. Thank God, you know. His dives didn't get any penalties, but <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just such a frustrating game. It, from seeing us play a certain way to then not being able to break down a Palace side that were beatable, we you know we we had our chances, just weren't taken. It, it was just so frustrating. It's like whenever teams come to the Emirates now, with the exception of Chelsea, and obviously Newcastle was extra time. It's yeah. like it's like teams know how to play against us and the way to set up. And it's always been that way, isn't it? It's that low block that we really like. It's like we can't defend it. Well, no, we can't get that over the line. And I think it's fair to say that our our players that have been like turning up for us, um, to say the least, were just had a day off. Yeah. Unfortunately, Smithrow didn't have as much as of an influence on the game as we'd no. hoped. Um, Saka, he, he had his moments, but again, couldn't find that. Finishing, finishing touch, and then Lacazette didn't get in the box um, to to actually put any chances away. But um, yeah, like you said, Kieran Tierney, massive miss. Maitland Niles just couldn't fit in his boots, to be honest. And then, to be fair, a couple of players did show up for us. Shaka, if it wasn't for him, Wilfred Zaha could have had a goal. Oh well, yeah, what a tackle! What a tackle! That was really nice little blocks he put in, and then obviously. Um, Burn Leno, unbelievable, unbelievable save. Yeah, like we can, we just hope that 
come next game against Newcastle, all of these players can step up and we can actually yeah. break Newcastle down in 90 minutes rather than in... Yeah, 120, yeah. <laughs> we went through and the stress. Yeah. And... <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, it, it's, Tierney, it's looking like Tierney will be back. Obviously, in, obviously with the... Um, obviously with the with the team we'll take on Monday night. I don't know if he'll start. I really hope he does. It's looking likely that he will. It's just it's just such a bonus when we've got him on the pitch. Maitland Niles against Palace was just sloppy. He was sort of a, a, anonymous as well. He just didn't he didn't look, didn't look like he wanted to get involved at all. Low on confidence, and he misplaced so many passes within the last, like the first twenty minutes that just set the tone for the match. And it almost set the tone for the team as well, I feel. Sure. So, you know, ha- having that character on the left-hand side, you know, the confidence, you know, the, the passion that Tierney has, the grit that he has as well, you know, it, it boosts the morale. Confidence is higher because you've got a player down the left-hand side with Aubameyang who can produce those chances that make the Nars couldn't against Palace. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to say that Ainsley, I, I don't think he should be called out in any way because it's not his position. Um, and even when he plays on the right-hand side, it's not fully his position, but that's where we associate him with. But yeah, he, he does seem to play better, I'd say, in that wing-back role rather than the full responsibility of left-back. Like yeah. FA Cup games when he's played, he played on that left-hand side in the semi and the final, I'm pretty sure. And then opening game against Fulham. That seems to be where he's most comfortable because he's got more of a license to go forwards, to create silky passes, silky movement like he likes. Yeah, but just he just it just wasn't his day, was it? It's just, I, think, I think the main thing is lack of minutes. I think when you've got Bellerin and Tierney, who are you know the, the main guys we'll go to, they're you know one of the first names on the team sheet every week. Hundred um, percent. It's just lack of minutes, I think, and I think potentially the he's, he he wants to play in midfield, but he's not going to get in our midfield. Although we may need midfielders. I don't think he will get above the players that we have already. So it, it it may be best for him to look for a move, potentially loan in January or even in the summer, just to get him those minutes to get him playing again. But I think that is a major factor for the reason why he played the way he did. For sure. I'd love to see him go out on a loan and play in that midfield role because he's played it with like the likes of Joe Willock yeah. in the Europa League games. And I do think he, he's got a lot of potential like, in that position. And in some ways, he's better than Willock, I'd say. Just yeah. he's not as attacking-minded, I'd say. No, he's still young. He's 23 years old, Maitland Niles. Yeah. So, you know, he's been at Arsenal, you know, his whole playing life, you know, through the he's a youth graduate. So, you know, he, he's, still, he's still got so much time to develop as a player. Nowhere near his prime yet. So, as you said, a loan deal may be best to get him playing in his favourite position to, you know, get him back to his, we haven't seen him at his best, but get him to what is close to his best. It, it'll be interesting to see what does happen, especially in the this transfer window and the next one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know we discussed January transfer window last episode. However, one thing we, we didn't mention um, is that on a personal level, I'd like to see Reese Nelson, Joe Willock, potentially a few others go out on a loan for half a season, like Smith Rowe did last season, um, especially Nelson, I think, because if you can give him, like, even in the championship level, like, consistent starting, if he can stay fit for the rest of the season, I do think he, like, there's a serious player within there. 
And I know we've not seen the best of him this season, but he's had moments where he has shown real quality. And him and Willock, I'd really like to see go out on a loan to a championship club. Maybe a Norwich, if we can involve them within a Buendia deal, would be ideal. But um, yeah, how do you feel about that? I mean, I, I, I mean, what's it? Nelson has been in the shadow of Saka the whole season. You know, there's there's no way he's going to break through with, you know, Saka starting. Um, yeah. But a, a key example of what you just said is players going on loan is Emil Smith Rowe and how much they can improve while being out on loan. You know, Smith Rowe's come back from his, you know, loan spell at Huddersfield and he's, he's absolutely smashing it so far. You know, it wasn't his best against Palace, but previous results, he's been outstanding. So as you said, it, it may be best to send Nelson and Willock on loan just to get their confidence up and even send them abroad. You know, the Bundesliga, they're yeah. always looking for, you know, young English talent. So even send them to, I don't know, Germany or France. You know, Jeff Annalade is, obviously he's not with us anymore. He's, you know, doesn't play for us anymore. But a key example of, you know, a, a past Arsenal player moving on to a foreign, to a foreign league and, yeah. you know, absolutely smashing it. So it may be best for those players just to get minutes you know, similar to Maitland-Niles, to get minutes under the belt, get playing, get confidence, you know, and just, you know, improve before, you know, our, our you know, our title winning season next season. So, um, <laughs> so, no, yeah, it, it, it'd probably be best for them younger players who maybe aren't playing, Willock and Nelson, just to get a bit more experience away from Arsenal. I think especially as they're not going to play as much now as the season gets into the more serious stages, Europa League, yeah. Um, FA Cup, uh, not in the Carabao Cup anymore, but um, those competitions, we're now going to start to play more first team players, and those players w- won't feature as regularly. So, a low move could definitely do them a load of good. Yeah, oh, 100%. So, Crystal Palace, disappointing draw. We still got a point out of it, yeah. um, but we didn't lose. Positive to take from it. <laughs> Newcastle, can we beat them in 90 minutes? I think we can. I think, I mean, the stats go away for sure. I mean, I mean, I think Steve Bruce hasn't won away at Arsenal in like, I don't think he has ever in his career. So I think that stat goes away, you know, goes our way. But I think, <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> I think, I think it, I think we can. I think it's definitely doable. You know, it, it, we're, Again, I keep saying it. We're only in the position we're in at the moment. League position is because of the start that we had. Yeah. If we start playing the football we have been playing, you know, we didn't play against Crystal Palace, but if we revive that confidence again, you know, get our get our key players playing the way they they have been the past few games, I think for sure we will be able to defeat that Newcastle side. I think I think we always we always kind of go into a new as a fan always going to Newcastle feeling feeling confidence because we just seem to always have the edge over them in a way. But, you know, they're struggling with, you know, fitness. Um, Jamal Lascelles is coming back from um, recovering from COVID. Um, so Maximan has just come back into training. He's, he's been out for seven weeks uh, because of uh, recovering from the after effects of COVID. So, you know, and also Ryan Fraser as well. Ryan Fraser was suspended against Sheffield United. So, you know, they're missing players. We're getting, yeah, yeah. So I mean, injury-wise or fitness-wise for, for Newcastle isn't looking great. But 
But for us, we're getting players back. You know, Partey's coming back. Tierney's back. Gabriel's coming back as well. So I feel confident going to, going to Newcastle because we're getting that, you know, we're getting the team back together almost. Tierney will be in his favourite spot, you know, bringing that, bring yeah. the back line together. So I think, I think we'll, I think we will have the edge over Newcastle in 90 minutes. Yeah, it w- like you said, it will be a very different Newcastle side. I know that Ryan Fraser probably would have featured, but because of yeah. what happened in the Sheffield United game, mm. he got sent off, didn't he? Yeah, after two bookings, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously the likes of Callum Wilson will come into the side and it'll be a very different Newcastle team to the lump the ball up to Andy Carroll team that we played. That's what I mean, yeah. So uh, it'll be a different style of football. He might feature, but... um. Newcastle will come with a, a different approach, I feel, and they might have learnt some of their lessons from the last time we played them as well. So, yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be a different game. You know, it's Premier League, it's not the FA Cup, so it'd be and we've got, the likes, we've got the likes of um, Thomas Partey. Hopefully, well, he had some minutes. He came on, looked good. Hopefully, he will come back into the side, starting alongside one of Shaka or Sabias. I think. I think it's really good to have that competition now. Now Partey is back. Yeah. Sabias and Shaka know that they're not a guaranteed starter anymore. Exactly. And Shaka wants to prove himself because, oh, he, to be fair to him, he has been. Yeah, uh, he has. And Sabias, he, he wants to prove himself because it's the Euros next summer. He'll want to get in the Spain side. He'll want to go back to Real Madrid. I can't see him staying past this next phase of the loan. Uh, uh, I can't see us signing him permanently. Unfortunately, yeah, he'll go back. but um, he'll, he'll, that won't change the fact he still wants to get in the Spain squad for the Euros. So he wants to be playing regular football. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really healthy competition to have in our midfield for the benefit of the team. Um, I think Partey is our best. Well, he is our best midfielder. And then the likes of Shaka or Sabias, Um, That's now a selection headache for Arteta. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> good kind of problem to have, but you'd have to say based on the Crystal Palace game, Granite Shack has got to start. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He was brilliant. He was outstanding. I think that's the best, the best I've ever seen him play. To be honest, yeah. You know, I just remember watching it. I was like, he was everywhere. Like he was, yeah. Like defending, passing, yeah. and that's that's what as Arsenal fans, like he he's you know he said he came out and he said I prefer to not apologise publicly, but use actions rather than words. Yeah. As Arsenal fans, you can't do that once and expect that to that sorted now. It's got to be a consistent basis. That's what we expect from him now. We can yeah. work out if he's worthy of wearing the shirt. So, hopefully, Partey and Shaka in midfield. I mean, I wouldn't complain if it was Sabias as well, but um, Partey and Shaka in that midfield role, hopefully, we can start to really see the benefits of having Partey especially because his physical presence in Mm. moving the ball around just as general he just he's such a powerful player yeah even when he came on he had 20 minutes against Palace but he got the second amount in 20 minutes he got the second amount of tackles yeah in the game only behind Grant Xhaka so you know he's already even in 20 minutes he's you know he's, he's been a nuisance he's putting himself in there so, you know, I, I feel like, as you said, he's great to have in the team, not only because of his physical presence and his ability, but also to keep the competition between the midfielders. 100%, 100%. So, Newcastle, 
it'll be a tough game. Eight o'clock kickoff Monday night. What what are you saying? What are you what are you thinking the prediction is going to be? So I did say I did say last time it'd be close. I said one nil last time. Yeah, but I think it will be different. I have a funny feeling that we are going to turn up. I think and turn them over. I think it will be a. I think Lacazette will score again. I think Aubameyang will get back on the score sheet in the Prem. So I think it'll be. I'm going to say three 0 I'm going to say we get a clean sheet as well. Three 0 last. Three I mean, yeah. our defense. Our defense has been good. I've, I've, I think. I think Mary's confirmed out. Yeah, yes, yeah. So it would probably be David Luiz and Rob Holding again. But again, our defense has been keeping clean sheets. We've been playing well, exactly. yeah. defending so much better. Um, as far as predictions go, though. Um, Josh kind of cursed it last week because I don't know if you were listening. Yeah. But he said I normally would say a draw, like a a one-one or a nil-nil, but today I'm going to say we're going to win it comfortably. So yeah. he cursed that one as far as we're concerned. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say two-nil Arsenal. Um, I do. I don't think Newcastle have got enough attacking threat to trouble us no, unless we just, you know, classic Arsenal style and we just make stupid mistakes, but um, yeah. our defence has not been doing that as of recent months and this season. So I'd say 2-0 Arsenal yeah. um, would be a brilliant result. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, just just obviously everything that's going on at the club at the moment. We're in the January transfer window. Um, there's not major news on incomings, but the, the main high-profile... Um, talks about outgoings is Meza Ozil and at the time of recording this it's not been confirmed yet that about his move but it does look like he's going to be going back to um, to Turkey to Fenerbahce his boyhood club what would you make of Meza Ozil like like what do you make of the whole situation do you think it's a shame that he's leaving us or do you think he'd still have more to give I uh, it, is, it is such a shame, I think. It's, it's, it, it's been so poorly done, almost disrespectful for what he's done, you know, for us. Yeah, he's, been, he's been fantastic. His, his loyalty, even the way he has been treated and, you know, what's been happening at Arsenal in recent times, his loyalty has always been with the club. I, I, I generally think he should have been given another chance. I don't know why. Obviously, we'll never know the reason why, I think, unless he comes out about it, you know, himself. But uh, I, I will miss him as a player and also as a... You know, someone just around the club. You know, it, it, it has been that way. He's just obviously just been around the club for the last couple of years, not really been playing. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's it's been really poorly done, um, and it is such a shame to see him go. But it's sort it's almost a relief, so that he can finally get playing again. Yeah. And that the the Urzel saga is just over at Arsenal now. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's a massive shame the way it's ended. But... Yeah. And I do think he gets a lot of disrespect from yeah. even from Arsenal fans, which is so uncalled for. Yeah. But like so many situations with life, like don't let the way this ended, like make you forget the fact that he was and still can be a very, very special, talented player. Oh, like, God, yeah. I remember mm. I tweeted out a while ago saying, like, I do believe that he's got that legendary status at Arsenal, um, I, th- I believe he's uh, the most the most decorated player with, within the Emirates era. Oh yeah, and he's he's um he he's he's he epitomised like Arsene Wenger style football. Yeah, he was like that silky number ten role, um, and and yeah, Fenerbahce 
it'll be a great chance to to see him play again. I think it's safe to say there'll be a lot of new Fenerbahce fans from North London. Yes. <laughs> but um, obviously, on a personal note, I've been a massive Mesut Ozil fan all my life. I'd say he's my favourite player, but I do believe that it is the right decision that it was time to go and it's time to move on from that and we hope the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe can give give that creativity that that we're yeah. going to miss from him. Um, yeah. But yeah, what, um, Fenerbahce looks like where Mesut Ozil's going. Do you, what, what, what would you say, just to look back on Mesut Ozil, what would you say some of his your your favourite memories of the player are? So many, I think. I mean, one that really does stick out in the mind is, you know, his first game on the big stage against Napoli. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. You know, it, it gives you goosebumps thinking about it because, you know, that that is when we used to play, you know, fantastic football. As you said, he was a, you know, he, he him on his own is, you know, you can just, seeing him is awesome thing of football, as you said. It's just, course, you know, yeah. tacker, free-flowing, just the confidence, just to, you know, just some of the stuff he does is just fantastic. But yeah, obviously Napoli. Um, what else? Um, obviously Chelsea. Two um, 0 at the Emirates. That oh, game was brilliant. Fast goal. Yeah, yeah, that one. You know, Another that iconic. That his own special skill. That little guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kicking it into the ground like no one, no one's done that before. No, exactly. So there's obviously the Chelsea game and the, and that era, the Chelsea game, particularly sort of. Is a is a is a good way to look at it. The, the partnership between Alexis Sanchez and Mazzurzo mm. that was uh, I think at the moment that was you know them two together. If we'd kept them two and you know if we'd built the team around them, the team would have been absolutely fantastic because the chemistry between the two is you know second to none. Urzel would play the best when Alexis Sanchez was playing, and Alexis Sanchez would play the best when Urzel was playing. You know, Arsene Wenger said. Why do you think Alexis Sanchez is not playing well when he was at Manchester United? And he said, because he wasn't playing with Mesut Ozil. Yeah. So, you know, Mesut Ozil influenced players around him. You know, we played well because Mesut Ozil was playing well. So, and, you know, another one, Liverpool, where he scored the free kick. And even the Liverpool game where he scored the, you know, he scored his iconic um, bounce go over. Um, oh, walking in a Winter Wonderland game, that one. Yeah, that one, yeah. 3 2 Arsenal, yeah. So, it, it there's so many games. 3 3, yeah. It's three, yeah, three, three in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three, three in the end. But there's so many games I can think of. It's, it's you know, Bayern Munich two nil. Um, it's it's so many games I can think of where he's just been outstanding, and he's, he's definitely been you know to definitely secure in place as an Arsenal icon. He'll forever be an Arsenal icon. Um, in my heart, anyway, he's, he's, he's been fantastic for us. Same, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. You just think though, like with our teams we've had certain areas within the team that investment was lacking. If we could strengthen in the areas we were weakest in at the time, we yeah. could have won so many trophies, like the midfield of Santi Cazorla, Aaron Ramsey, Meza Ozil, and then Alexis Sanchez. But then you've got Giroud up front and a misfiring Theo Walcott. If we, yeah. if we could have signed a Bamiang so many years earlier, like if we had a Bamiang in that, in that, 2016-17 season when Leicester won the league just think how many goals he would have scored with Ozil in his best years in yeah. that position 
and even like in defence where we struggled over over previous years, like we've still had very strong midfields. And I think like you don't you don't um, appreciate something till it's gone sometimes. And now we look at our midfield and we've got the likes of, well, we've had Elneny, Ceballos, Willian, Shaka. You just think we had some very like beautiful football players back in our day. But it's just sort of, it's just it's. I think the I think what in the Arsenal team we have at the moment, I think Arteta is trying to evolve the Arsenal team we have. Mm. We've almost come, although we have you know signed the likes of Willian and David Luiz in recent times. I think he's trying to get out of the old Arsenal way of signing, you know, signing you know players that we don't need, but like we didn't need Willian, and we still don't need Willian. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to be, to be honest, David Louise, he has been quite a crucial part to the Arsenal defence. I yeah, think he's I think really he's been a, a one of the whole old retirement homes um, signings. I think he was crucial in that FA Cup run. Oh God, yeah, he, he, he's been brilliant. I've, you know, I've, I've kind of been shocked by that. I didn't think he would be. You know, similar to Williams. He's had his moments. Yeah, he like does. Yeah, Liverpool I away. And early on, cards. early on in his Arsenal career, like the first, you know. Six months, I'd say. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't great. You know, he he made those mistakes he would make. But I think in recent times under Arteta, he's really come to himself, and especially with the partnership as well. You know, marrying Louise or Louise and Holding. You know, I think Arteta's now as well. Yeah, Gabriel. Sorry, yeah, as well. Just you know, trying to bring this Arsenal team together, and I think that's what Arteta's trying to do. He's trying to, you know, not saying Urza was Deadwood, but he was almost forgotten by the club. You know, his wages were quite high. But, you know, getting rid of the likes of Ozil, potentially Willian, you know, Socrates, Staffy, getting rid of them players that have been at the club for quite a while, you know, trying to bring in that new, fresh Arsenal team, trying to involve the club as, you know, as, you know, as other teams are evolving around us, like Leicester. Leicester are doing, you know, they're flying. Southampton are flying. Yeah. So, you know, I think Arteta's, where Arteta, I do have full trust in Arteta and the way it's going at the moment, because... We are in a period now where we're we're evolving as a club. You know, we don't we haven't had great success in recent years. We won the FA Cup, but you know, we haven't won a European trophy or we haven't won the Premier League. No. So we're in a we're in a point now where we're evolving as a club and we're getting back to where we uh, where we used to be. Yeah, and then hopefully with the the shifting out of all the so called deadwood and yeah. the players that aren't playing that aren't good enough for us. Hopefully that money can be reinvested wisely in the summer. Yes. And then fingers crossed, come the start of next season, we can be going to games and seeing these fresh new players actually like a new Arsenal side where it's not an in-transition side where like we can get the respect we deserve, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, fingers, fingers crossed we can um we can bring in some good signings mm. throughout this um, the next couple of windows and then hopefully there'll be better days ahead for us because <laughs> we've yeah. suffered quite a lot <laughs> the last like five years. Oh my God. Yeah, it's not been great. I mean, you know, we've had success but not, you know, not, not, not like a Premier League or, you know, or anything like that. But I, I, I was going to ask you, who would you want to bring in? Who would you want to bring in this, this January or next summer? So if I'm being honest... Like, I can't see us bringing in anyone high profile within the January window. No, definitely not. 
um, I think the club, like, there's no links to, unless we were to offer stupid money for a Buendia. Yeah. Uh, can't see it happening. But I touched on in the last, in the last podcast, I do think we need a left-back in this window. Okay. Because what's happened with Kieran Tierney now, it can't happen because um, he needs cover. And that cover used to be Bukayo Saka, but he's now a starter. So we, we can't have that... Um, we can't be relying on him anymore to, to fill in that role. So um, I'd like to see us bring in a left back in this window. I'm not sure who, um, <laughs> but someone um, someone in that role. And then uh, come the summer, um, an attacking midfielder to provide cover and competition for Smith Rowe. And yeah. also, um, I do think a number eight because Sabayas won't be there. And I mean, to be fair, if Joe Willock was to go out on loan, he could come into that role. But um, yeah, yeah. So a, a number eight, and potentially in the next couple of windows, we could be looking at a striker if one of Abamyang or Lacazette does move on. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so our next few games, we've got obviously Newcastle on Monday. Um, then on uh, next Saturday, we've got Southampton or Shrewsbury. Um, oh, by the way, I'd like to say. I take back my comment about Wolves. I watched them against West Brom. <laughs> I'll take it back completely. I think Southampton will be the harder game. Yes, definitely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wolves were awful in that game. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. You, you, you'd, trust them, you'd still trust them to turn up against us and have the best. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> they, would time, they would turn into that Portuguese team that won the, um, won the Euros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so um, Southampton or Shrewsbury... Most likely Southampton, but um, can't rule Shrewsbury out. Um, and then we've got Southampton in the league. And then we've got the big clash, Man United at home. Um, Saturday, January the 30th, to round off the first first month of the new year. How how good would it be to to beat Man United and to Quality. get some points on the board? That'd be brilliant. I mean, so I think we have got a nice... We have, we have kind of got a nice run of games, I think. Yeah. I think... You know, we've got a nice run of games to the end of the year. Man United will top it off. If we can beat United, you know, bring them down from the high horse they're on now. You know, bring them down to our level. <laughs> you know, <laughs> beat, beat them again. So, no, I, I think I think we could. I think we generally could, but that'd be brilliant. If we can beat United, that'd be fantastic. One thing we do have on our side with the rest of the games of the season, we've had our, our dip and hopefully we can just uh, progress from here yeah. but we we have played all of the big teams so the so-called top six teams minus Chelsea away from home already so yeah. we've still got Man United at home Man City at home um, Spurs at home and Liverpool at home to play um, and then Chelsea away um, along with obviously some other clashes because the so-called big six isn't exactly always the best six no. in the league anymore no. but um You'd fancy us to beat a couple of them at home, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm go when we have home games. I feel comfortable now. I feel like the Emirates is sort of becoming home in a way, like with this new team. You know, Wenger's gone. We had Emery. It didn't feel right. Now we've got Arteta. We've got you know a young manager who played at the Emirates. You know, and you know, it's sort of becoming our our home ground now, where it's sort of you know the atmosphere hasn't been right. As, hasn't, sorry, hasn't been. Hasn't been great there, but when teams come to the Emirates now, I feel, I feel, 
quite confident that we will be able to give them a go, you know. Like Liverpool last season, it was it was 2 0, wasn't it? We beat Liverpool in the league last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you can, argue, yeah. you can argue they were apparently on the beach, but um, yeah, as far but, as but you know, you know, beating Liverpool 2 0 at home, you know, it, I think. I think the Emirates is sort of becoming a fortress in its way now. I feel feel very confident with teams coming to the Emirates. And as you've listed there, the big teams that we've still got to play at home, I think yeah. we do have a big chance of, you know, giving them teams a go and, you know, trying to trying to get ourselves back into the top half. You know, yeah. trying to push ourselves, push ourselves as a team to get us into those European spots where, you know, at the start of the season, they were, you know, you, you didn't really want to think about playing in Europe next season because, you know, <laughs> it's pretty much impossible from where we were. But, you know, mid table now, we can there's a nice run of games, beat the big teams, you know, or get some decent results, you know, draws against the big teams at home. You know, we, we may have a chance of, you know, having them, you know, ending our season brightly. Yeah, 100%. So that's it for this week's podcast, guys. Uh, our next game, Arsenal versus Newcastle at home at the Emirates, um, eight o'clock kickoff. Uh, Please feel free, follow the podcast, download the podcast, follow our Twitter at ArsenalBubble1, and we will catch you next week to talk about the Southampton game. Cheers, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.